Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. worship and the praise and let uh you know baptism whichever way god leads this morning but thank you so much for coming and being a part of freedom ministries god spoke to me and told me to preach today so so you could see my heart and you could maybe hear more about the vision and kind of know what we're about because until you hear it from the senior pastor uh, maybe there's some questions and there may still be some and you can come talk to me because this is what this word is about this word is called coming together so if people try to keep keep you from me you know whether ignorance or any other thing then that's not God I mean we can set up appointment we can talk amen so I'm just really coming against that thing that wants to divide and separate like I said people may not know that's what that is. But somebody say, a gathering together. And let's look at Acts 14, verse 27. Thank you, musicians and drama teams. Y'all did awesome. Acts 14, 27. This is the scripture God gave me for this word. It's the foundation for it. And when they were come and had gathered the church together. Somebody say, gathered together. They rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And they abode a long time with the disciples. So the door was open for Gentiles. You know, Gentiles weren't supposed to be with the Jews back in the day. But the door was open to reach the Gentiles and to make them one and graft them in to be a Jew. Because when you accept Jesus Christ, then you're grafted in. And you're one with the body, with his body. You're not separate, you're not doctrine, you're not, you don't have to say I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Jewish, I'm, I'm one with the body. Somebody say, I'm one with the body. God did not set that, he did not, he did not separate us. The church was built in the book of Acts 2, where suddenly there, there was a church because there were so many souls coming, they were in that upper room and got filled with the Holy Ghost, and it was shed abroad, and, and people were hearing the noise, and, and so they started coming together. They started gathering together because the disciples, the very foundation of the church was that Jesus told them before he left, he said, I want you to go and get with the women and pray and wait on the promise. The promise was the Holy Ghost. The promise was to me and you and as many as want to receive the promise. It's not just for those that are so righteous that, that we can't never attain to. The promise is to you and to me and to our generations. Hallelujah. But where did they get the promise? They got the promise when they were gathered together. In one mind, one accord, in perfect unity, with no separation, with no division, 
So I'm really coming against that separating thing. That thing that wants to separate the church, wants to separate the homes, wants to separate boyfriend and girlfriend, wants to come in and destroy. But God said, I came to give life and life more abundantly. And he said he called the church together. So we're in one mind, one accord in unity with every other denomination that preaches Jesus Christ. We come in one mind and one accord. John chapter 17, he said, Jesus said, Father, that they may be one as me and you are one. As you're in me and I'm in you. That's how I want the church. That was his last prayer before he was on the cross. He said, I just want them to be one. He said, none that you've given me will I lose. And all that you give him, he's going to come back to me. See, the devil, he can't take the family of God and separate and destroy that God's given me as a leader because I'm not going to allow that separation to come in. I can't speak for every other pastor. But a shepherd, here's, a shepherd watches out for his sheep. A shepherd knows when the wolf's coming. And the shepherd lays on their face if they're a true shepherd and pushes the wolf out, the destroyer, the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's our job as leaders to push all that separation out. Amen. But even during the worship, I could just see faces. And I knew in the spirit that you were separated from your mama when you were a child. You were separated maybe from your father when you were a child. That was never God. So that's what tries to happen with me. Another spirit tries to come in so you can't bond with me. So you hear all these things about me and you never even hardly met me. But you hear, and I'm talking about maybe even in, in the church, you hear, oh, you can't get the pastor. She's just on her face all the time. She's not here, so I can help you. Don't tell them I'm not here, because I am here. You can say we can get an appointment with pastor, but don't tell them I'm not here. Amen? So let's look at Ephesians 1, verse 10. Thank you, Jesus. God's going to do a work today. Amen? Continue to do a work. Ephesians 1, 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together. See, God's a God of togetherness. He's not the kind of God that we all got to have our own kingdoms. If it works right, the way he sets it up, all those work together. Amen. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather them together in one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. So he's, his purpose is to come and save us and draw us back to him. The enemy's purpose is to separate us from God because that's what he did with Adam and Eve. That's what he did. He came and tempted them and, and drew them away with lust, and, and they, they wanted that lust. So it separated them from God to the point that God had to kick them out of the garden, not because he didn't love them, but if, if they would have stayed in that garden, they would have ate the tree of life. And they would have lived forever in their sinful state. So God was saving the future of his children by not allowing that in there. Because he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, without blemish. That don't mean perfect. That means that my heart's perfect toward God. That I'm in right standing with God. And that I'm one with him. Amen. Somebody say, I want to be one with him. 
When I'm one with him, I'm going to be one with my husband. I'm going to be one with my daughter. I'm going to be one with my sons. I'm going to be one with my brother-in-law. I'm going to be one because I'm one with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise today, God. We thank you for unity of the faith. Hallelujah. Mark 10, 9 says that uh, no man, what God has put together, no man can put asunder. Romans 8.35, let's look at this. Romans 8.35, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Thank you, Jesus. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? See, they can't even kill me and get me away from Jesus because I'm going right to him. There ain't nothing they can do. There's no words they can say. There's no belittling they can say. There's no uh, persecution they can do that's going to keep me from my Father because I'm going straight to Him. I'm one with Him now in spirit, and I'm going with Him to be in eternity, and there's nothing they can do about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, Lord, for drawing us unto yourself. Hallelujah. Drawing us unto yourself. So there's nothing, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, that demon, that spirit, that uh, gossiping demon, that eating demon, that uh, addicting demon, whatever it is, he says, none, none of those things, no principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it doesn't matter if people don't think you're good enough. They don't think I'm good enough either. They, they don't think I need to preach. It doesn't matter. I count that all joy because I count it joy to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, if you're getting persecuted, that's what happened to Jesus. They hated him without a cause. All he did was heal people, love people, and feed them, and they hated him. Without a cause, the Bible said. And when Peter and John, and they, they preached, they would come to him and said, if you don't stop preaching, we're fixing to beat you. So, you know, when those words come flying by my ear, I just say, thank you, Jesus. Because that's our beating today. You know, in some places in the world, they're getting beat. They're getting their heads caught, all those things. But right now, that hadn't happened to me. But I get beat with words. I get persecuted with what people say. Instead of just, but they was getting it every time they preached. They said, you better not open your mouth and say the name of Jesus in that temple again. If you do, you're going to jail. Did you know Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament chained up in bondage in a prison, chained up to another prisoner? Sitting there in that dark dungeon and writing the Bible, hallelujah. He wasn't just up here in a pretty suit and everything going good for him. Like we try to present Christianity sometimes. He was down in the mullet grubs in the prison where the worms and, and everything. And was hungry. He was thirsty. The Bible said he was persecuted on every side, but he wasn't destroyed. He was distressed, but he wasn't killed. Hallelujah. If you want the real Jesus, you want to be in the army of God, then that's what it is. But God's going to be there with you. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, what are you doing? I'm coming against that separating thing. I'm coming against it. Because when I was in prayer and fasting this week, God showed me. I said, God, why, do they, why does people leave me? 
you know, I got in my flesh a little bit. When you get hungry, you do that. You get in fasting and pray, God, why did they leave? And he showed me when I was a little girl that I was separated from my mother. I was separated from my father. My mother left me one time. I was a newborn and she forgot me. He showed me that I never had that bond in time with her. I never had that time because something always came in to keep me from bonding with my mother. Something always came in. Siblings, they wanted her. Wanted her for, you ever been raised up where people just blocking you, you know, you can't never get to your daddy. You can't never get to your mama because someone's going to take it all for themselves. Well, that's what, that's what religion does. It wants to take it all for itself. But when you read Exodus 19.4, I got a lot of scripture today, but it's all right. We need the word. Amen. Exodus 19.4. Let me get on over here. So I was separated at a young age. And do you know, we didn't have a relationship till two years before she went to heaven. And I submitted under her 10 years in this ministry. And I left many days saying, God, she can have them. I ain't going back. And then I'd get on my face and I'd say, God, but I want you. See, God will God'll get you to the place where you're not doing it for nobody else. You're not doing it to be seen. He's going to say one day, when I say, God, you know, why are you like Jeremiah? He said, I don't want to preach anymore. They don't even want a woman. God, why you, why you want me to do that? He said, well, will you do it for me? Well, you, he made me get to the place that it wasn't for my mama no more. It wasn't for my grandma. It wasn't for my wife. It wasn't for my husband. It was for me. It was for me to say, yes, Lord. But I was walking in that tree, in them trees that day. God, I don't ever want to do that again. That's a lot of work. And I didn't see a lot of smiles. I said, I don't think they like my message. He said, they didn't like Jeremiah's either. Every time Jeremiah preached, he preached the truth, and they didn't like it. But the Bible says that the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it divides the soul from the spirit and shows the very intent of the heart. So I said, God, why they not like me? He says, um, because you tell the truth. And he showed me that scripture in Hebrews, for the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it divides. So you get around somebody that speaks truth, you're going to feel something cut you. You're going to feel that word cut you. You're going to feel it, uh, uh, that was the truth, but uh, I ain't going around that no more. I'm going to run over here. I'm going to go to the buffet. I'm going to go to Western Sizzling. I'm going to do a surface work for God. I'm going to lay around and just do what I want to do and eat bonbons, but I don't want to hear the truth because I like it the way it is, but God's the God of truth. He said that lies are not in him. He said the devil is the God of the, the uh, lying. So let's get that scripture in us. The word of God. So if they don't like you, maybe you're full of the word. Maybe it's not you they don't like. Because, honey, when I was jumping on tables, dancing in bars, they didn't mind coming around me. You start preaching the word of God and the true word of God and not being religious and see how many want to come around you then. But I know God's got a people. He's got a remnant that wants the truth. Hallelujah. 
Because that's, that uh, surface stuff not going to get us free. He said, the truth's going to set me free. Not only the truth, but the truth that I know. I didn't know why things would separate from me until I got in prayer and God gave me a knowing. He said, well, you were separated young. This, you know, it's me and God talking. You were separated from your mama young and everybody that could would stay. Come here, Evangelist Tina. All right, come here, Pastor. You, you stand between my mama and you're doing everything to keep me from getting to her. Mama, I just, I just want to bond. I just want what's rightfully mine. I, I just, Daddy, I, I, Daddy, can I get to you, Daddy? Uh, and you want those siblings. Uh-uh, they're mine because we're so valueless that we think we got to have them all to ourselves, that they don't have enough love for all of us. How do you know that's operating? Remember the uh, prodigal son. That brother wasn't glad when the other one came home. He was so mad about that. Did you get mad when somebody young and God gets to get on the platform and I didn't ask you? Did you get angry about it? Did you get jealous that Pastor Tiva got a church and you didn't get one yet? Did you get upset about those things? That's what the prodigal son, the oldest brother, did. He said, I've been with you the whole time, and you're going to get him a fatted cow. You're going to get this big party for him. What about me? And the father said, uh, you've been with me the whole time. Everything I have is yours anyway. And that's what Jesus always told us. When the enemy came in and said, did God really say? If you eat of that fruit, did God really say that? When he came in like that, they already had the knowledge of God. I mean, they already had what God wanted them to have, and the enemy came and challenged it. Y'all hold on, I'm playing, amen. The, the enemy came in and challenged that. He came in and said, did God really say that you're going to be just like him if you eat of this fruit? But they was already like him. They was made in his image. So it was a lie from the beginning. But he wanted to separate. He come in there to divide. He come in there to divide and conquer because he wanted to take over. Amen? Hallelujah. So maybe it's not you <clears throat> that they don't like. Maybe it's the word in you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 18, 2, uh, 20. Well, there's two or three agree in my name. Can I get some water so I don't have to drink out of the bottle? Just because it don't look very ladylike. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Two, two or three agree in my name is touching anything. It shall be done. There's power in coming together. Amen. Amen. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to them that are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Maybe all these trials hitting you, but... But it's not that what's happening is good for you. It's that God's going to work it out for your good if you stay with him. Amen. So we're going to look at Exodus 19, 4, and see what God says right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is God talking to the uh, children of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Bore means carry. 
You know, I woke up Friday morning after about four days of trying to get this breakthrough, and these are the words that God said to me. He said, you, can't, you try to carry yourself. He said, my people try to carry everything their self. They don't just turn it over to me. And if they do, they pick it back up and try to carry it theirself. What does it say right here? Exodus 19, 4. It says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. So God's not going to let people separate you from him. If you want him, he'll push through every religious spirit. He'll push through every <clears throat> condemning spirit. He'll push through every uh, temptation. He'll push through everything because he says it right here. I brought you to myself, children of Israel. I brought you to me. You're not somebody's. You are not owned by another person. You are not... In these relationships, you are not to be dominated and controlled. God didn't make us to be dominated and controlled by someone else saying you're mine because you can't even put that on Facebook. Somebody I've been knowing my whole life, and I just said, I'm so happy for you. I mean, I get attacked for even speaking to somebody I knew when they were born because they're mine. Where did that get in the church that we like, you're mine, don't nobody ever speak to them again because you're mine? It don't matter if I babysitted them. It don't matter if I knew them when they were five. But when they're 19 and they're on fire for God especially, don't speak to them. Don't say hi in Walmart because they're mine. They go over here to the better church. They go over here to the first. They go over here to the best. Hey. And when we get to heaven, God, he said he's going to divide the sheep from the goat. See, he's dividing. He said, I'm going to divide the wheat from the tare. What does God divide for? Because he wants us for himself. He wants you for himself. He don't want religion having you. Yes, we submit. Yes, we get under a covering. Yes, we find a vision that we can work with and we feel like God called us to. But they are not your, they don't own you. You don't own me. Amen. Somebody say freedom. freedom. Hallelujah. So why does God not like this separate spirit? He said, I hate divorce. I know, you know, it, it, things is under blood. Why does he hate it? Because it separates and divides. He is not a God of separation and division. He's a God of unity. The only thing he's going to have to separate is sin. And I used to, you know, I used to feel sorry for the devil. I said, God, he don't get another chance. And how many have I had? I mean, you should have struck me dead years ago, God, when I said, I, I don't want this. If this is what church is, because all they were doing was talking and fighting. And, and my mama tried to obey God, and they'd go run in the office. You need to get rid of her. She's a devil. That's what I grew up in, grew up around. No, she gave a message in tongues. She's the devil because she's she trying to rise up and do more for God, and people don't want to. So they go in there and want to tell on you just for, for worshiping God. And, and, and I, I walked out. I said, God, if this is what church is, I don't want it. Because I didn't grow up in religion, so I didn't understand it. I didn't know about it. And uh, some some deacons and deaconesses that asked us to go eat and 
And in the church, one of my friends, she, she was dating a black guy, Ronald Matheny, way back in the day. And they came to church because her mother, that's where she went to church, and everybody hugged him and hugged him, and then they want us to go eat, and I'm sitting there, and they're talking about him. And see, truth, you're going to be a man or woman of truth, it gets you in trouble sometimes. <laughs> I didn't know any better. I'm like 17 years old. I'm young. And I said, wait a minute. Y'all was just hugging their neck in there. <laughs> so if you got that prophetic anointing, you know, you're going to have it when you're little too, and you just don't know how to temper it. But, but I couldn't stand that. That was making me sick to my stomach. It was hypocritical, it was mean, it was hateful, just because they're different color than you, but you're going to sit up in the church and act all holier and thou. And I, and I said, I said to these grown people, respectfully though, I, I don't know if that was respectfully, but it was true. I said, y'all just hugged them in there. That was it, I was cut off. I was the outcast then of the church. And we went for years, you know, had different pastors every two years. And, and I have something about that. If God called you to a vision, how, how can we leave every two years? So I'm sitting there, and I, I, I tell my husband, because I didn't know how to develop in God. And that's why I'm telling you all this today. If you're not developing Freedom 1, Freedom 2, Freedom 3, please tell me, because we can, we can do something. But I, I was dying spiritually because I didn't know how to eat myself. I was still needing milk. I, wasn't, I didn't even know Noah, the Bible story. And so I was like, if you don't get me out of here, I'm going to die. I didn't really know what that was on the inside of me. But a church has either got life or it don't. And if it don't have any, don't stay in it. How do you know where to go to church? Does it got life? My sister-in-law was moving, and she was crying. I don't know where to go in Little Rock. I don't know where to go in Little Rock. Because she came in the old storefront building, and she was seeing witches. She was going in the woods and talking to demons and seeing people and all kinds of stuff. And, and she came and sit in church in Freedom Ministries. And she's sitting there, and she didn't, know, she didn't know what happened to her. After church, she came to my mom, and she says, something left me, and something else came in me. But I don't know what it was. But she had, she had cried out to God all she knew, and he saved her. But she didn't know that's what that was. Somebody had to teach her, you know. Somebody had to teach her. So I'm in Walmart, you know. Finally, my husband said, you know, okay, we can go. There's a thriving church. It's the living word now out in uh, South Prosset. Anyway, that term, oh, I won't say that. Anyway, South Prosset. So we went, and God was moving, people getting saved, healed, delivered, which is the ministry of Jesus, which every church should have the fruit of. And so I'm walking, and these, this deaconess comes up, and she just, and it cut me so deep. I said, they didn't ever love me to begin with. Because the Bible says, if they leave you, they wasn't ever with you. Did you know that's in there? If they leave you, they was never with you. Because Jesus said, Father, I'm not going to lose those that you've given to me. So everyone that he's put under my, uh, what he's given me to shepherd, I'm not going to lose 
what he's given to me. Sometimes we leave and come back, you know, like I was doing to my mom. I'm through. I'm through. Because when you go through those deliverances, when you're in this ministry and something gets hit, mostly it's control, you know, it gets hit, and you don't stay and go ahead and get that breakthrough, it, it gets ugly. But if you'll stay on and get that breakthrough, then you can live in victory 100% of the time. Amen. So we see in the book of Acts, they were in one accord, and then the Holy Ghost fell, and then he started using them. And they won their whole world without a Bible, without a telephone, without, a, about any, without anything but the Holy Ghost. So how did they win their world? Through word of mouth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So let's read uh, and see where I want to go. Second Samuel chapter 12. We're going to see where somebody tried to separate. How many love David in the Bible? Love him, love him. 1228. And we're going to start with 28 because there is this man named Amnon. That's how you say Amnon, but I won't call him Amnon because I don't know. Amnon, Amnon. But uh, Amnon, he was trying to tell David, if you don't get up and start doing something for God, and he's speaking, he's speaking to all churches, right? If you don't get up and start doing something for God, let's look at verse 28. Now, therefore, gather the rest. He's telling David, he says, I've been fighting Rabbah, and I've won the city of waters. But if you don't get up and do something for God, I'm going to take it over. And it's going to be my name on it. In verse 29, and David gathered all the people together. Did they come together again? And went to Rabbah and fought against it and took it. And so uh, there's a time in our life where, where, and what was wrong with David? He had just stayed home from the war, committed adultery with Bathsheba, had a baby. The baby died. And he was sad and he was mourning and he, because he fasted and the baby still died. And he, he was coming through all that. When, don't you want some amnons? I mean, he, if, you, if he didn't like you, you dead, though. But he was always, Amnon was always trying to get them together, though. He was always getting them together to win the war. He was always saying, let's come together and let's win this and let's win that. And he, he, would, he would say, I'm going to give my life because the Assyrians are coming after us. And let's gather together and we'll give our life for David. And, and he, he was just always on guard how to keep the separateness out. Like, what it, he's the one that... When David wanted Bathsheba, he said, go put her husband on the front lines, and he did it. I mean, it might not always been right, but he, whatever, to keep the war out, to keep, he was under David, and he was over his mighty men, and whatever, to keep them in unity, that's what he did. And so, in chapter 13, we're going to look what Absalom did, because Absalom was David's son, but he wanted to cause some separation, because he wanted all the glory himself. Do you know it's God's glory? It's not even denomination's glory. It's God's glory. And he's going to come down from heaven. He's going to let everybody know that. Because I can't win Armageddon. Can you? I need to give him all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you're doing, God. Thank you, God, that you that separate things have to go out and the unity comes in, Lord. So let's just look a little bit at what Absalom tried to do, you know. Absalom was rebellious. He was fine looking, though. The women liked him. He was pretty. His hair was so long that 
it took them, uh, I think one time he said, I don't know how many shekels it was, but it was so heavy and he was just gorgeous. And But he liked his sister. But his other brother, he come in, he liked his sister too, so he raped her. Let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 13. Some of you don't know if you've been raped. Yeah, I'm real like that. Let's look at it. 2 Samuel 13, 11. And uh, Ammon was trying to sneak around and act sick so he could get get to lie with his sister. And he tell her, he said, come bring me that food in the bed. And she said, I don't want to lie with you. Go to the king and just ask the king. He will give me to you. Why, why wouldn't they do that? Because I don't want to submit. I'm going to take what I want. I don't got to submit. I'm my own man. Well, the ones that didn't in the Bible, they hung themselves. You know, verse 12, and she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me. If I say no, and you do it anyway, it's rape. Do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. And uh, he was stronger than her, verse 14, so he forced her and lay with her. And then he hated her and told her to get out. And so Absalom hated him for that. He hated his brother for that because he loved Tamar. And when King David heard all these things, I'm just going to kind of go through. This verse 21, I'm going to go through a couple chapters. But when King David heard all these things, he was angry. And so Absalom was like trying to get his brother away so he could kill him. So he's like, Dad, the sheep sheep shearers are coming, and we need to go. And he says, no, no, no. And he finally gives in to him. Because David, was, he wanted his family all together. He was a little soft at times, which sometimes we are. And then asked him to come back by around and got him, you know. Got him running from his own son. So they went on out to the sheep cheers. And, and uh, Absalom was, was, after he killed, he made sure he's dead, he's fled. He fled on out. And David, in verse 39, the soul of King David longed to go forth to Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon. And he just went, and he was just sick about his sons. And Joab, here's Joab again, trying to pull some stuff together so Absalom couldn't destroy. And he gets this woman going in to deceive David, saying all these things are going to happen if you don't go get your son. Because Absalom was out there for three years. He was out there, and David finally gave in to that. He said, you can go get Absalom, but he cannot look on my face. I'm not even going to look at my son. I'm going to separate from him. It's not good when things are going on to not come and talk about it. It's not good to just, David didn't ever get with them and talk about what happened. And so all these feelings and all these rages, they're ready to kill each other. And, and so finally he let David come, he let Absalom come home, but he wouldn't talk to him. And so Absalom was so rebellious. Have you ever had a sibling when, you did, when, when they didn't get the attention, they're going to stir up something, going to run away? Because they, they didn't get what they wanted. So they want mama to come in there and make a way for them. And so uh, that's what he did. The Bible says that Absalom set a fire in verse 30. Absalom's servant set the field on fire. What was he doing? Throwing a fit. And Absalom answered Joab and said, um, I, he won't even look at me. He won't even, don't do that to your children. Don't be so discouraged in their actions because you can't control them that 
that you cast them out and you don't look at them and you don't have nothing to do with them. I have never won a spiritual battle doing that. All that's going to do is stir up more rebellion and more hate and more strife. So finally, when you go to verse 33, that he kisses Absalom. The king finally kisses him. And so they come back together and everything after that. And I know this, is, this story is long. But um, let me see where I want to go. So David was, he was ignoring the problem and not coming together with his sons. So Absalom took some men and he got a, uh, a group of men to, to try to take over his father's kingdom. That's what he did. But then they out there in the woods and he gets between heaven and earth, the Bible said. You ever been divided, separated, not sure you want this and halfway hanging out there? That's the way he was between heaven and earth. And he was like went under a tree and he was almost dead. And then that one that Joab came along and killed him. Now, David was weeping and weeping because all he wanted was his family together. He wanted them in unity. But you got to do more than want it. You got to be willing to confront. You got to be willing to disarm. You got to be willing to talk about problems. You got to see right now, people, they, they bored and comfortable. I understand. But God's going to do something about that separating spirit in people today. Amen. So we see in Matthew 25, 32, he separate, Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, the wheat and the tares. He says in Luke 6, 22, there's two in a field and one's going to be taken and the other left behind. Luke 9 and 1, he gave his disciples power when they came together. Jacob blessed his sons when they came together. He fed the multitude when they came together. Peter and John at the hour of prayer healed the lame man when they came together for the hour of prayer. And Paul and Silas was together when they, uh, the prison doors came open. They were singing together. Uh, Jesus said he's coming back for a church that's together. He's coming back for a bride in unity and one mind and one accord as one man, as one perfect man that's not trying to build his own kingdom, that's not saying everything's mine and this is not theirs, this is mine, but trying to build the kingdom of God. He's coming back for an army. He's coming back for a sold-out people. He's coming back for a new generation that's coming forth into the kingdom of light. God, we just give you praise. I just thank you for your word today. I thank you for bringing us in unity and together in one mind and one We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossing.com.